and welcome to UDL in 15 Minutes, where educators discuss their experiences with UDL. I'm Louie Lord Nelson, UDL author and leader. Today, I'm talking with Rachel Barilleri, who teaches in Baltimore, Maryland, at Margaret Brent Elementary Middle School. She's going to share how she implements UDL in her 8th grade humanities block. More specifically, Rachel's going to share how she used her new knowledge of UDL to shape her poetry unit, and she'll share how the outcomes experienced by her diverse learners just blew her away. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi, I'm really well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. Let's just go ahead and go on with what your teaching background is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I came to teaching and to Baltimore five years ago through Teach for America, and I've been teaching at my placement school ever since. Um, It's a place I hold very dear to my heart, has a very strong community atmosphere, and it's an arts-integrated focus school as well. Um, And at Margaret Brent, I've taught fourth through eighth grade. And um, I've spent most of that time, though, teaching middle school humanities and specifically English language arts. Tell us a little bit about the students at Margaret Brent and then those specifically who are in your class. Yeah, so Margaret Brent is a very diverse learning community. Um, We have students from many different backgrounds at our school, and those backgrounds are racially diverse and socioeconomically diverse as well. And um, they all come together in this school in the heart of Baltimore City. And we have one to two classes per grade. And um, in my class specifically, there is one eighth grade class, and I have... 35 students. Um, In my classroom, my students are extremely diverse as well. So that diversity comes in all shapes and sizes. So I have students who are of many different racial backgrounds. Um, I have students who are recent Um, arrivals to the United States coming from a variety of countries and bringing with them a variety of really beautiful languages. Um, I have students who um, receive special education services in the form of IEPs and 504s. I have students who are highly gifted and highly advanced. So it all kind of comes together in the one classroom. That sounds wonderful. Sounds like a really, really rich environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's one of the things that I loved most about my school when I arrived there was um, not only the the diversity, but also the students' um, empathy for one another and their curiosity to understand the different backgrounds of the people that they were going to school with. And so I immediately gravitated toward that and wanted to foster that um, that curiosity and um, empathy within all of them and to create a really genuine community where the kids could really express themselves and feel safe and feel loved and um, really want to arrive to every day to learn. Yeah. Okay. So before we talk about the poetry unit, because I really want to dig in there, but I'm curious because it sounds like this is something that's a part of the school culture um, because you teach eighth grade. Yes. I also taught eighth grade. Okay. And uh, many of our listeners I know are middle school teachers and yes. a lot of people go, oh my gosh, I would never, ever touch yeah. middle school. Right. <laughs> and so, but this sounds like a culture within the building of 
of acceptance and warmth and some of these other adjectives that you use to describe. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think that it's a big part of our staff in the fact that many of our teachers feel um, have this desire to really foster these core character traits in our kids. Um, you know, like I said, the school is a small school and, you know, everybody knows everybody. And our principal, you know, really enforces this idea of it takes a village and we all are looking out for all of these children. And so those core values, that's what we call them in my classroom, core values, things like curiosity, reflection, kindness, and grit and persistence, um, are things that are felt throughout the school and um, as well as, you know, really trying to work on those social emotional learning needs of our kids and restorative justice practices. Many teachers in our school use those practices as well, which really, um, you know, really tackle that whole child approach to, to our kids. Well, okay, then tell us how you wrapped UDL into the to shape your poetry unit and um and how you used UDL to essentially it sounds like enhance some of these things that are already going on. If you're talking about core values, those are already there. It sounds like you've got a really nice engaging environment. But then in our conversations, it sounds like it just like exploded through the um, implementation of this poetry unit. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, one of our um, one of and one of my in my own life teaching and beyond, um, one of my core values is reflection, and that's something I really work to foster in my students. It's something we do every day: practice reflection. And um, you know, I looked at my kids, and I was noticing that. You know, even with all of these um, traits that we're working on in the classroom, I'm still noticing chunks of my student body not consistently engaged. And one of the times of the year where I saw that a lot was with poetry. So I started to really reflect and think like, you know, why is this um, such a tough time learning wise in the year for a large group of my children? And these were students who have a hard time focusing. There's students who um, really need extra assistance um, when it comes to reaching learning targets in a variety of ways. Um, my English language learner students, I was noticing them really struggle and really lose the engagement at, at, during this time. Um, and so a couple of years ago, I began working with Lisa Carey of the Kennedy Krieger Institute, um, which does a variety of things, but one is specialized in special education needs um, as well as brain research. And Lisa really educated me on what UDL was. And from there, I began to research um, both pedagogy and brain development myself to really dig deep and better understand um, what my students need and how UDL could be an incredible strategy for reaching every one of my students every single day. Um, so I began to ask myself, like, how can I really incorporate what each of my students brings to the table into this unit? Where can I, how can I design my instruction to meet their unique skills and interests? And how can I meet them where they are and keep building? So um, this year I was teaching poetry to my eighth grade class during the first quarter. And I continued to ask myself, first, what do I want all of my students to accomplish? 
And then I was asking myself, okay, what barriers are in the way of 100% of them being successful? And um, after analyzing my curriculum, I knew that I wanted all of my students to create a portfolio of poetry that really told a story about who they are as individuals. I wanted them to have the tools to write different types of poems and to have the skills necessary to express themselves both in performance and in their writing. And most importantly, I wanted them to be proud of themselves. I wanted them to leave the unit with a stronger sense of voice and belonging in our classroom and school community. And so I knew that was my goal. And then I thought about my barriers and I saw that the barriers included a lack of interest in poetry as a as a text, as a type of text, uh, as a genre, um, not having the English language skills to support analyzing rigorous poems and creating their own, um, not having the organizational skills to create a portfolio of work. And just in the past, you know, expressing a high level of disinterest in poetry. And um, I knew that I had created a space with high expectations and with student choice. But as I planned the unit, I reflected a lot on how I could strengthen that for 100% of my students. So um, in doing that, I really thought about how could I create an entry point for every single student? And then after that entry point, a real hook. Like how could I keep them hooked so that they would develop their poetry skills and also develop their own voice, their own storytelling voice? So we did a variety of things and I really like choice. So one of the first things um, I always do every year is design my flexible seating. I really think that's important um, in letting the students have some autonomy, especially in middle school um, for the different activities. So that's a baseline every day. Beyond that, I exposed them to poetry with themes and topics that they were truly interested in. I tried to be really mindful of selecting a variety of works um, beyond the curriculum to really um, draw them in and show them, you know, how poetry could showcase their voice. I modeled at least 15 different types of poetic forms and structures and let them choose which they wanted to experiment with. Um, when writing, students had the choice to select frames and organizers if they decided to or desired to. Um, we did explicit modeling of using thesauruses, dictionaries, translation tools on the internet. Um, we used novels in verse, poetry via audio, traditional al- analysis, spoken word. We saw multimedia poems, visual poems songs. We analyzed rap. We analyzed hip-hop music that they hear on the radio now for their poetic elements. And um, for many of my students who are more interested in the sciences or express a higher interest in the sciences, we spent a lot of time studying the brain and what happens to your brain when you read poetry. And students were encouraged to express their, their learning through multiple modalities, including PowerPoint, posters, the visual arts. Um, We analyzed speeches and TED Talks about storytelling and poetry. And with this rich, rich background and the layers that were built, I found the students immersed in this world of poetry. And layer by layer, every student was on board. And um, those who were traditionally on board, um, I saw them exploring multiple, multiple ways instead of just one to be engaged in the material. 
as I'm listening to you and um, and I always encourage the listeners to have their UDL framework out in front of them, or if you're driving, it's okay. You can pick it up later, but I'm listening to you and you are just hitting all the guidelines. You just dove into this to make sure that authenticity was there for the recruiting interest and you had um, different structures in place to help them stick with their work and the analysis tools and and of course that self-regulation to um, have that motivation, but then all the different ways you represented these poems to them and made the poetry accessible to them, again, relevance, but then not letting the language get in the way, mm-hmm. all the different dictionaries, all the different tools there, and then how they were able to express these. So oh, we're gonna run out of time. Uh-huh. But <laughs> tell us about tell us yes. about the products that came in. Yes. Yeah. So through all of this, um the expression at the end and through all of the feedback from both their peers and myself as we were going, right? Really creating this comfortable environment. Every one of my students presented their portfolio of poems to our class, and students also made a visual poem to go with their written portfolio, and they displayed that on an easel right next to them and really talked us in this incredible storytelling atmosphere, talked us through their narrative, and then shared with us some of their pieces. And what was incredible was two things. One was the stories that were told. Watching my eighth graders really connect with themselves and then with their classmates about what they have experienced who's that's made them who they are was so moving. And, you know, the level of confidence with that too. And then the second thing was watching the rest of my students really appreciate their classmate and who they were and their experience and, you know, no judgments, but rather empathy and encouragement and just the kindness and ability to know that, um, you know, for my English language learners who shared their work in their first language and then in English as well was such an incredible experience for the, for the rest of the class to really um, get to know their classmate who they might not engage with all the time because of a language barrier so much more. And I was then able to watch, you know, this new level of appreciation, understanding and sense of community just flourish in the room. That is incredible. And beautiful. And um, I'm sitting here thinking about how anybody listening to this is going to be like, oh, I wish I could have been in her classroom. Um, I know you're going to be sending me pictures. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Yeah, for the montage. So people will eat those up. Um, I know they will. I get lots of comments from people saying, I love watching the um, the images along with um, the stories of the podcast. So I'm Unfortunately, I have to bring us to a close here, but I sounds like we might get another story out of you again in the future. Absolutely. I'd be happy to share. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for giving your time and telling us your story about the poetry unit and about your school and the wonderful students that you have. And uh, I think they'll be excited to hear this podcast too. Great. Thank you so much. 
Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so for those who are listening to the podcast, you can find the supplemental materials like the image montage with closed captioning and that same montage with audio descriptions, a transcript, and then an associated blog at my website, which is the udlapproach.com forward slash media. And then finally... If you have a story to share about UDL implementation for UDL in 15 minutes, you can contact me through the udlapproach.com. And thanks to everyone for your work in revolutionizing education through UDL and making it our goal to develop expert learners.